Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoya. Join me each week as we probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Welcome back to Anchored in Reaching, everybody. I'm really glad you're with us, and uh, I am really excited that I get to have a second conversation with my daughter. Dr. Manoya is with me, and uh, she is a vascular surgeon, as you remember from last time, uh, last episode, that is. We talked a little bit about the similarities between the vascular system that God has created in your body and the nature of the church and the commonalities that exist. And it's and it's not lost on us that God uses this analogy multiple times throughout Scripture to compare God's work in the world, even the church in the New Testament, to the body, the body of Christ. Can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you? Um, all of the difference and the diversity of the body— and yet the unity that it takes. And in the vascular system, we see that really, really clearly spelled out. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time introducing this. We're just going to dive right back in so we get as much time as we can uh, to chat with Kristen. And I would remind you that if you do want to send a message of any kind, uh, feel free to email it to podcast at anchoredandreaching.com. Just spell it out, anchoredandreaching, podcast at anchoredandreaching.com. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts, your questions, your comments. If it's a question that's beyond my pay grade or above my head, then I'll send it to Kristen and she can answer it and get back to you. And uh, if neither of us can answer it, then um, I don't know. We'll pray about it. I suppose that's a good answer. Prayer is always a good thing. So welcome back, Kristen. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time. So let's keep talking then about the vascular system. And last time we talked about, you explained how it worked. You explained the diversity of the vascular system. You explained about the nature of blood, the life-giving blood, um, the gospel, so to speak, you know, kind of exemplified in the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to dial in a little bit with the potential dysfunctions and ill health that you run into in the vascular system and how that may compare likewise to difficulties we run into in the life of the church. Like, you know, from my thinking, I know it seems to me that that there are times when the the impermeable, strong, big aorta can become brittle or can become stiff or can become inflexible, and that probably creates problems. Or the end, the capillaries trying to get the molecule into the end user might decide it just doesn't want to do it anymore, and what happens? So maybe maybe explain a little bit of some of the problems that can happen when the vascular system begins to go haywire, and we might learn a little bit about what happens when churches start going haywire. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, using maybe your words from last time, the, the vascular system is um, very missiological. <laughs> the whole point of yeah. the blood, the vasculature, is to get what is needed to the end organ, the end user, whether that's a muscle, the kidney, the spleen, the lungs, the heart, the brain, any, you know, the toes, everything, and then to get all of that 
the stuff back and also to communicate what is needed at the end. So there's a lot of different things that can go wrong anywhere along the way. We can set aside maybe the things that go wrong with the blood because that um, is a whole different field of study, hematology. (laughs) Um, But specifically with kind of the structure, which our correlation is the church, um, yes. the, the big blood vessels, there's a couple different things that can go wrong with them. The one you mentioned, if the aorta or any of the blood vessels, um, kind of lose their ability to adapt. So the aorta has to stretch and be elastic to accommodate a lot of the blood, you know, higher blood pressure when you're exercising. Um, and if it loses that ability, then it affects the downstream, um, you know, delivery of all of those organs. If there's any blockages in the aorta, if there's there's lots of gunk that gets in the blood from what we eat, what we <laughs> smoke, what we, you know, any anything, and those get deposited in the pipes. I tell people, you know, sometimes you just get rusty pipes and the same blood goes through yeah. all of the blood vessels and keeps those nutrients, oxygen, everything from being delivered down to the end organ. And in some cases, the best option is to kind of make some changes in the general environment. So eat better things, you know, maybe correlating with the spiritual disciplines in some way, you know, make the environment better. But in some cases, you need to go in and clear things out um, you know, or strengthen. Roto-rooter. Yeah. Is that what there it is? Are, yeah, there's ones that I, I tell patients there are some things that I call them a roto-rooter, you know, or if yeah. there's plaque in an artery, you go in. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of a balloon angioplasty where, you know, you have no idea what that means, but it basically just means squishing all the gunk out of the way to to let all of the nutrients and the blood go through unimpeded to get where it needs to go. Yes. Yeah, so what when that kind of thing happens, I, I like your phrase that when something goes wrong with the aorta, everything downstream is mm-hmm. affected. And so what are the results? Let's let's say that happens mm-hmm. and the aorta can't flex and adapt. Mm-hmm. As needed, what are the things that might happen downstream then in the in the extremities? Yeah. So the most common place where we see that is in the legs, peripheral arterial disease, um, and you can have that in the aorta or the bigger blood vessels up higher, you know, as they branch, um, or even in the legs. And what you see is an inability to function at the maximum capacity. You know, there's a couple different classifications and one of them is like, is it affecting the ability to essentially like rise to the occasion? You know, when you exercise, is there gunk in your aorta or is your aorta unable to adapt to what's needed downstream? Um, Only when you're say exercising or asking extra of it, but it can progress to the place where you're, you know, end organ, the the thing that's at the very end that needs all of the stuff, can't even have enough nutrients to support everyday cellular activity. And for example, in peripheral arterial disease, you can get wounds that don't heal in your feet. You can get pain that's just there all the time because the nerves aren't getting enough nutrients, or you can even get to just gangrene where your, your mm-hmm. tissue shrivels up and dies because your body says, I'm sorry, I can't even get you enough blood down there. And then you have to cut the limb off. Yeah. 
There's a, you know, there's a lot That's of things. That's called amputation. Yeah, amputation. There's a lot of things we can try before that. Um, but in a lot of cases, that's necessary. And whether that's a toe or your whole leg um, kind of depends on how bad the disease is. So like in, in my work, I would call that closing a church mm. where the church has, is, is incapable or has become so unhealthy that disease has set in and no amount of fresh blood can resuscitate it. It's beyond the point of return. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so amputating a church um, so that it doesn't drain, perhaps, resources from other churches, especially if it's in a, in a connectional system of some kind. So there are times when we just have to close mm -hmm. churches because they become so dysfunctional or to so unhealthy. So I'm thinking of like the aorta needing to remain flexible. And when it doesn't flex, it doesn't adapt, it can cause big damage out in the field, so to speak. Yeah. So, and, and I don't know what the best analogy here is, but I guess I'm thinking of the aorta being those parts of the church, whether they're schools of theology or whether they are denominational headquarters or home offices or something that are designed to keep, uh, a, a keep the blood or keep the gospel uh, protected and rich mm -hmm. with nutrients, mm -hmm. but then also to adapt to the culture of the day in designing ways that it can get it out into the community, the world, overseas, in our next door neighbor's house, in the most relevant uh, way possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, is that is that the kind of a connection that you could see in the body of Christ and the body in the human yeah, body? I mean, definitely, its whole job is to deliver, you know, like you said, nutrient-rich um, blood to the the organs to the uh, the rest of the body, and you you could also say, you know, the higher up the problem. So I don't know where that fits in our, but the further up the aorta, uh -huh. the further up the blood vessels the more effect it has. You know, if you have um, atherosclerotic disease or gunk um, at the part before your aorta splits to go to one leg or the other, you're going to have problems with both of your legs. But you could have yeah. problems with the whole delivery system. Um, maybe another, you know, kind of thing like what you were saying is you might need to amputate for that reason, but there's also things that can happen downstream, your aorta could be getting great stuff there, everything you need. But if there are things that have happened to your capillaries or to your small arteries, and there are various disease processes that actually like mostly affect those smaller arteries, then no matter what kind of great nutrients you give, it's never going to reach that organ because the capillaries or the small arteries are all blocked up too. And it has the same result. Yeah, yeah I want to go back to the dysfunction that can occur there Okay. in a minute. But let me go back to your earlier statement where you said the higher up. By that, do you mean the higher up in the mm -hmm. aorta? The the Okay. So the higher up uh, a dysfunction occurs, the more effect it will, negative effect it will have on the whole yeah. system. So, so, okay, this may really sound tacky and horrible, but so let's imagine that the bishop of a denomination 
goes haywire. Mm -hmm. And you name how it happens, whether it's through heresy or moral failure or or personality, whatever happens. And that person just fails to deliver the level of, of quality leadership, then there might be thousands of churches that are affected by that, mm -hmm. which may be why some of the large high-profile pastors that we see who have fallen morally or who have tripped and gotten into you know narcissistic behavior or or uh, you know abusive behavior or financial trouble there's such a huge impact because they're they're kind of farther up in the system mm -hmm. and it has effect downstream because a lot of people are depending yeah, on them definitely yeah wow it gets to the place too you know um, where if it happens I don't know if this is there's some correlation, but it can either happen chronically, like over a long period of time. And occasionally the body can adapt to the persistent lack of blood flow. Um, it'll form new blood vessels. You know, I, I, I was um, mentioning earlier, a lot of times as a surgeon, all I can do is get out of the way and hope that the body can figure it out because it often will do better than I can do. <laughs> God's figured out uh -huh. a lot better than we have. Sometimes um, if it happens acutely, meaning like right away, um, it can lead to death of the patient if it's high up enough. Wow. And I wonder how many people have lost their mm -hmm. faith because mm. of the failure and the dysfunction fairly high up in mm -hmm. the system. And it sounds hierarchical, and I don't mean it to sound that way. I'm using your mm -hmm. reference to higher up in the vascular mm -hmm. system, the more downstream effect it has. But I wonder how many people are no longer. I mean, I, you know, we all know of people who say, I, "I'm I'm done being a Christian." Yeah. They've disavowed their faith. They've walked away from the yeah. church because they've seen too much dysfunction higher up in the vascular system mm -hmm. of the church. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So then let's turn back then to the, you know, to the dysfunctions that can happen out there in the capillaries mm -hmm. when, when that, when, you know, what, what goes on there that causes ill health um, in, in the capillaries delivering the oxygen and taking the nutrients back for purifying and all yeah, of that. Yeah, there's kind of a couple big things that can happen. Number one is, like I mentioned before, if the capillaries get blocked, um, and they aren't receiving the blood flow from the aorta, from the medium-sized arteries. Um, you know, in my head, I'm thinking the leg. So if, you know, the microcirculation in your toes isn't getting that good stuff, then it doesn't matter what your aorta is sending. It's going to get blocked. Uh, usually diabetes and end-stage renal disease um, have the most effect on the microcirculation, and that can lead to amputation depending on, you know, how bad it is. There's another thing, though, um, where, you know, that I would say is kind of from an inside-out problem. Um, occasionally, you can get infection that would be an, maybe an mm. outside-in problem where mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have an infection in the soft tissue or whatever, but it gets into the bloodstream and it can circulate all over your body and it can lead to, you know, overwhelming infection. And if you're not healthy or you don't get the right supportive treatment, you know, for whatever the infection is, then that can cause a lot of problems too. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you've just brought up a whole bunch of stuff, especially <laughs> the internal threats and the external mm-hmm. threats. I mean, primarily when you talk about the unwillingness of the capillaries to do their mm-hmm. job or the inability mm-hmm. yeah. to do their job, whether it's unwilling or in a, in a, uh, incapable, I suppose that would be reserved for the church. Because there are some churches who just simply say, you know, we're not going to get our hands dirty by feeding the poor. We're not going to get besmirched or or we're not going to allow our reputation to get uh, sullied by letting people who are different than us into our churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to preserve the purity at an extremely um, down downstream mm-hmm. level where they ought to be delivering oxygen to those mm-hmm. places. So when you carry the mentality of the larger arteries that protects mm-hmm. the blood into the capillaries that are designed to distribute mm-hmm. the oxygen, mm-hmm. they fail to do their mission yeah. and they fail to engage culture. They fail to be Christ to the to the disenfranchised, to the person who's not the same racial mm-hmm. ethnicity, to the person, to the LGBT person, to the you know, you name the people that we should be mm-hmm. reaching, mm-hmm. right? But if the church decides that we don't want to get our hands dirty, all of a sudden it creates this failure mm-hmm. in the yeah, system. When you said that, it, that's totally right. When the small vessels start acting like bigger vessels, you can actually see it on x-rays in some people where there's, we call them lead pipes, where there's just calcium the whole way. You don't need any kind of contrast. You can see it on an x-ray that the whole artery is just a calcium. It's like an eggshell all the way down. There's no way that anything can get in or out. And like you said, that's fine in the aorta. You don't want your aorta leaking. That's bad. <laughs> but when, that, yeah. when the tiny blood vessels act like that, that's when you have, yeah, disease. Yeah, and I wonder... What causes that? In I mean, is that a lack of communication in those vessels? Often it's a generalized disease process. So one of the big ones is um, end-stage renal disease and diabetes. So if you uh-huh. consistently have high blood sugar for whatever reason, um, your body can't um, do its normal function because it's spending a lot of time trying to process that the sugar. And eventually the capillaries in your, a lot of different places, but in a lot of cases it's your kidneys, you know, you start to get kidney failure because the capillaries in your kidneys need to react to all of the chemicals to know what to send out in your urine and what to keep in that's healthy and it can't filter your blood. So then you have all this unhealthy stuff. So I guess what I would say is it's probably, it's more of a failure of the whole system mm-hmm. that can lead to that. Rarely it's things like trauma where, you know, a crush injury or something where the capillaries get mm-hmm. knocked off and they can't do what they want. But most often it's because of kind of general unhealth in the whole system. Well, I mean, the whole comparison between health and ill health, I mean, that continuum is a big one. And adaptability and the diversity of the system itself. Those are words that I'm picking up here uh, are really important for the body to be healthy Mm -hmm. and and for the vascular system to do what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to do. Briefly, talk about blood clots. Mm -hmm. There's a couple different ways you could have blood clots that have problems, but I think the biggest one is when 
there's no flow for whatever reason, whether that's uh, like you can have atrial fibrillation in your heart where your heart isn't pumping all of the blood out and so it just gets, it sits there. Um, or you can have clots because of some of these kind of, the, like you said, the brittle, um, you know, disease in there. And so the blood can't flow the way that it's supposed to. And ultimately, you know, there's a, a triad that the stasis or probably maybe more of a churchy word is stagnant. When the blood gets stagnant, mm -hmm. it sits there and there are proteins and things in your blood that are supposed to clot when you need it. You know, if you have a cut, you want your body to make a clot. It's functional in a lot of ways. But when it encounters something that is pathologic or not right, your body will make a clot whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And it can occlude mm -hmm. the blood flow. Um, you know, it, it can act the same as, you know, the, the gunk in the arteries. It just happens all of a sudden. But usually it's caused by that stasis or stagnancy. Stagnation. Mm -hmm. So when the blood is not moving, it will tend to coagulate yes. and yes. clot. So things that stay the mm -hmm. same are likely going to become clotted and become an obstruction yep. to the whole yeah. system. So I, I guess I, I describe that in terms of Ezekiel's uh, description of the river, and rivers are always mm -hmm. moving, and that's what mm -hmm. you're saying. Anytime, anytime the river stops, it becomes a cesspool. Mm -hmm. Anytime the blood stops, it creates a blood mm -hmm. clot, and it becomes an, an obstacle, a blockage. Anytime the church stops moving in its mission, it can become stagnant, it can become clotted, it can become a cesspool, mm -hmm. and it it doesn't accomplish the mission for which God created mm -hmm. to begin with, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. This is really interesting. And as I, I, I guess the takeaway, and I'm going to give everybody a little suggestion in terms of an assignment, <laughs> but as I, as I think about this, I know that there are people out there who don't like me <laughs> as a church leader, right? You may know some of them that don't let like me. me. I don't Adam. know. Um, yeah, let me. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. Um, just don't check into Kristen's hospital if you don't like me. I promise. <laughs> no, 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 no. She will always will, do her will, best, no matter who you are. Uh, yeah. So I know there are people out there who don't like me, and frankly, there are people, church leaders out there that I struggle to mm -hmm. love. You know, I don't have to like them, but I struggle to love because in some cases, and I tend to be more of an end user, you know, permeable capillary, let's get the blood into the muscles, into the destination, into the organs where it's most needed, into community, into mm -hmm. culture, engage culture. I tend to be more that than the kind of a church leader that is striving to protect the gospel against contaminants and maintain purity. And, and I know that those people tend to criticize mm -hmm. me. Um, but what I've had to learn is that they are every bit as much a part of the body of Christ mm -hmm. as I am. And they are every bit as much a part of the vascular system of the church mm -hmm. as I am. And without them, something different happens in my missional work. So I need them and I need to embrace and appreciate, even if it's not who I mm -hmm. am. And, and to realize that the aorta, such an impermeable vessel, is necessary for the 
permeable capillary to be able to do its job well and the communication that's involved and the adaptability that's required mm-hmm. and all of that to get the blood of the gospel into a community, a culture, a nation, a family, uh, a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely uh, in, incredibly yeah. uh, remarkable. Maybe I would say too, I, you know, I think I, I learned this probably growing up in your house um, and seeing a lot of... Our house. Our house, yes, exactly. <laughs> seeing so many different ways of churching, um, of, yes. of having faith, of reacting. The body can, you know, and the body, the church, the body, the body, it is so beautiful the ways that if you can let it kind of equilibrate, you know, if you stay centered to what the mission really is, the body can heal itself in so many really cool ways. And what mm. I do is is artificial and it's never as good as what the body can do on its own. Um, but mm. I think that is, you know, if this is me stepping into theology, but if, you know, if there is a center mission to it, you know, if we're keeping the function of say the leg in mind or the church in mind, there are so many ways that, um, you know, the blood, the system, the way that it's designed and ultimately in the church, God can just heal a lot of things. And, and I, I think that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, it is. It's really awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking time. Wrapping up here, I, you know, I guess I want to encourage people who are listening uh, to think about a couple of things. N- number one, think about people in the church who who are different from you. Uh, think about different churches than the one you go to, and imagine or think about how they are different and what part they might play in the vascular system of the human body now that we've talked about it. Just imagine that. Are they part of the aorta? Are they part of the medium-sized arteries? Are they part of the capillaries? You know, just imagine and thank God for those Mm -hmm. people. As much as it may be hard for you to do, you know, thank God for those people. And then secondly, what I'd like to really encourage you to do is the next time you take communion, remember that you are taking bread that represents the body of Christ in all of its diversity. And you are a unique part. And your church is a unique part of the totality of the body of Christ. But then after the bread, you always take the cup. In some cases, it's grape juice. some cases, it's wine. Doesn't matter what it is. You're taking that as representing the blood of Christ. And it's the blood that is the life-giving fluid that uses all the diversity of the vascular system and flows through all the diversity of the body to get to the ultimate mission of healthy, abundant, vibrant life. And so when you take communion, celebrate the fact that you're unique and that your church fits into a certain place in this vascular system of the church, but then you take the blood and that's common to us all. And that's what provides the unity. So did I did I say that okay? Are yeah, you, I love you're it. You're nodding. I might use that with some of my patients. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Yeah, well, we have learned an awful lot. And I'm thinking we might need to do a series, maybe a video series to put up so that you can get out a whiteboard and you can draw Wait pictures and uh, you can do illustrations and go deeper into this because it's it's not coincidental that God mm. uses the human body 
as uh, a metaphor, as an example of how he wants the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, to work in diversity, all with unity of mission. Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us. Next time uh, you tune in, next episode, we're going to start talking to different people from different traditions, some of them might be part of the aorta, some of them might be part of the capillary, some of them might, might be in uh, in middle size um, vessels, some of them, you know, you'll have to decide, but we're going to talk to leaders in the Catholic Church, leaders in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, leaders in the Peace Church movement, we're going to talk to a lot of different people, and we're going to discover more and more the manifestation of the diversity yet the unity of the church. So thanks for joining us, and God bless you. Let me encourage you to keep leaning into the wonderful adventure of becoming all that God has envisioned for you to be. Anchoring yourself in a secure identity, you reach with confidence to engage with people and daily life all around you. Allow your curiosity to explore and find God in the edges. Please take time to share this podcast with all your friends and invite them to join me in upcoming weeks as we explore together this exhilarating journey of being anchored and reaching.